the antidote. 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 You're listening to the antidote with Dave Hawkins. With Christian music that doesn't suck.
follows the channel and spreads abroad Gathers in power like a lightning rod Ooh-wee, all the sights I've seen In the depth of the world and the heart of a dream Ooh-wee, all the places I've been Each one reflected in the states I'm in States I'm in The sights I've seen in the depth of the world and the heart of a dream. Ooh-wee, all the places I've been, each one reflected in the states I'm in. Welcome to The Antidote. I'm Dave Hawkins. There's very few Canadian artists that could legitimately be called iconic. Not that there haven't been hugely popular Canadian artists like Rush, Brian Adams, Shania Twain, Celine Dion, the tragically hip Nickelback, Alanis Morissette, and Diana Krall. They might be famous, but they're nowhere near being considered iconic. To get to that level, the music has to be earth-shaking and have a profound influence on our culture. Like the music of Neil Young, Gordon Lightfoot, Leonard Cohen, and Joni Mitchell. Another Canadian artist that stands at that same level as those incredible artists is Bruce Coburn, who has just begun his 50th year of crafting music with his new release, Bone on Bone. Our opening song, States I'm In, comes from that album, and it's a perfect example of how Coburn shares about himself and his views at a given place and time. Many artists who are Christian and who share their faith in their music get shuffled off into a corner of the mainstream music market, or simply ignored. Coburn hasn't had that happen with his music, except sometimes with his Christian audience. They couldn't understand what he was portraying, because Coburn was too outspoken for conservative Christians. He made them uncomfortable because his songs forced people to move beyond themselves and to take an active role in this world, and that's a world that needs help. This two-part series isn't going to cover the entire range of Coburn's music. With 33 albums out, that's impossible. What I am going to do is look at two aspects of the music of Bruce Coburn, his activism and his faith. Our next track has lyrics that are harsh and hard to take. The song came about after Coburn's 1984 visit to a Guatemalan refugee camp in Mexico that was attacked by Guatemalan military helicopters. Coburn said that if I had a rocket launcher wasn't his call to arms, but a cry of despair at ever seeing this conflict resolved. Here comes the helicopter Second time today 
scatters And hopes it goes away How many kids they've murdered Only God can say
on his earliest songs, Coburn didn't share about either his Christian views or his activism. They were in a lighter vein, like Going to the Country, from his 1970 debut release. In his memoir, Rumors of Glory, Colbert had this to say about how he came to be known as a Christian artist. In the late 70s, I became known as that Christian singer, which brought me a like-minded following. When Jesus came into my life in 1974, he also made it into the music. Since then, our relationship has ebbed and flowed. I have tried to keep Jesus, the compassionate activist, close to my heart along with Jesus as the portal to the cosmos. 
But I have long been leery of the dogma and doctrine that so many have attached to Christianity, as well as to most other religions. Even before he became a Christian, Coburn was already sharing about God, as he said to Goldmine magazine. Before that, I was kind of heading that way, but I didn't perceive it as a real personal involvement requiring any kind of commitment. On his 1971 release, Sun Wheel Dance, he sings about the divine on He Came From The Mountain. Just like the rest of us, being a Christian hasn't always been easy for Bruce Coburn. He's had his struggles, the prime one being his infatuation with women other than his wife. In his book, Rumors of Glory, Coburn shared about this special moment. I ached for the nurturing embrace of the divine to supplant these cravings for women, whatever they stood for. 
I wanted a healthy relationship with Kitty, his wife. It wasn't long before I was begging on my knees, consciously asking Jesus to help me, to fortify my mind and solve my soul, to make me the person he wanted me to be. I felt my heart forced open, and he was there. I made a commitment to Jesus. From that moment, I saw myself as a follower of Christ. That same night, Coburn penned the song, All the Diamonds in the World. Coburn has also taken issue with how Christianity can be presented unrealistically. He was quoted as saying, When I became a Christian, I spent a lot of time being a fundamentalist because it was a safe place to start. Trying to take the Bible as literally as possible seemed a good way to avoid errors and misinterpretations. Of course, after a while, it seemed that there were a lot of inherent errors and misinterpretations in that course of action. Coburn laid out his thoughts quite clearly when he said to the UC Observer, I think there's a trap inherent in taking words at face value. If I hear a minister preaching, I have to try to hear past the literal words if I'm going to take him seriously. 
I'm not saying that the words don't matter, because they do. But if you want to know whether or not to admit those words into yourself, you need to feel the heart of the person delivering them. It's about the relationship with God. Rarely does Coburn share any of those faith problems in his music. He did make this exception with the song Gospel of Bondage.
Gospel of Bondage may be harsh, but it's a deserved song. It came about as a response to the 80s trend of extreme right-wing fundamentalists entering politics. Coburn was even more harsh in his comment to San Francisco Bay Guardian. They scare the hell out of me and also irritate me because I've gotten tired of saying, yes, I'm a Christian, but I'm not one of them. So here is my way of saying F you to them. Personally, I see that happening so often as much of the world views followers of Christ as if we were all coming from that same mindset, as if we're all members of the extremist Westboro Baptist Church. Still, Coburn did take a shot at Christians whose expectations are unrealistic. He said, A true Christian path would lead them to the untidy stables of the poor and oppressed, to shovel shit with the Messiah. Instead, they remain spiritually shipwrecked, foundering on the shoals of their own ambition and indifference, slick and ridiculous in their genuflections to greed. And when you get down to that, in my own fashion, I'm not so different. We're all in this wave-tossed ship together. It's up to each of us to try and grasp where we are led and by what. Coming from the same Bruce Coburn release as Gospel of Bondage, shipwrecked at the stable door.
During tonight's introduction to The Antidote, I included a comment from Bruce Coburn where he mentioned how his faith has ebbed and flowed. That same point came up during a 2012 talk with Christianity Today about his early days of being a Christian. I listened to a lot of people who claimed to know a lot about it. The people on TV and the fundamentalist types who were quick to tell you they know all the answers. After a while, it was very clear that they were deluding themselves. At least, I wasn't cut out to have that kind of approach to things. To me, everything in life is a process. There is no stopping point. You never land. If you think you've landed somewhere, watch out. Because God or whoever is going to pull the rug out from under you. And you are going to have to start thinking again. Trying to understand how you fit into things. That also includes trying to understand what God's will is. Enjoy the reggae flavor on Justice from Coburn's Inner City Front album.
in a toilet than a telephone Got to search the silence of the soul's wild places For a voice that can cross the spaces These definitions that we love On the antidote, a point I often bring up with Christian artists is how they fit, or in many cases don't fit, into mainstream music. That topic came up during an interview Saturday Night Online had with Coburn in 2001. Certainly there were some listeners that expressed some consternation when I first announced myself as a Christian. I guess the ones that really got bothered by it stopped buying my records. And other people started buying them for the same reason. There are a lot of people on the Christian music scene who are not satisfied with the limitations of the art that's offered. You get this blandness, and people get fed up with the blandness. I guess I was a little breath of fresh air for some of those people. But when I became less overtly Christian in the songs and started dealing with the world more, some of them got upset and dropped by the wayside. I remember getting an angry letter from someone who said, I put shit in a song. How could I be a Christian and use that language? Well, sorry, but you have some thinking to do, honey. It's been an impediment to be thought of as a Christian because I don't get on the radio. They think, oh yeah, that's that Christian artist. They don't listen to what I do. The Baltimore Sun asked Bruce Coburn about this during a talk in 1988. The record company we were with back then was trying to promote my stuff in the secular market and being told it was too Christian, and was then going to the Christian market and being told it wasn't Christian enough. But I did acquire a lot of listeners who were Christian also, because there's a great hunger for some thinking music in that scene. And you know, I feel Coburn's pain. The same situation comes about with the antidote. Too Christian for some mainstream music fans, not Christian enough for others. One of his songs that carries a strong Christian theme is the psalm-like Lord of the Starfields with its search for a deeper understanding of God. Thank you. 
artists with longevity sometimes revisit their older songs and give them a new life and sound. Like that elongated live version of Lord of the Starfields from Bruce Coburn's Circle in the Stream album. Thanks for coming to The Antidote for this first of a two-part series on the music of Coburn. I've always enjoyed Coburn's music. It's so much more than just surface entertainment. The man digs deep in his lyrics and doesn't hesitate to shake his listeners up with the hard truth. It's honest. Plus, there's no way to ignore this guy's talent on the guitar. It's incredible. I want to take a minute to thank all of the radio stations who carry the antidote. This program originates from our home base at Trent Radio 92.7 FM here in Peterborough, Ontario, Canada. And I want to give a big thanks to our American listeners who find the antidote on 3R Radio, Grok Radio, Roar Radio, Claris Radio, and soon you'll be hearing the antidote on Radio Free 92.5 FM in Florence, South Carolina. Bruce Coburn's acceptance of his music by American listeners comes up next week on The Antidote. You'll also hear more about his latest release, Bone on Bone, where Coburn seems to be showing a defined faith focus on the album. For now, it's about time to finish up this first part of this two-part series. Earlier on, I mentioned about Bruce Coburn being an activist. He's often labeled as a political activist. But I view the majority of his work as being more concerned with human rights issues than with the political. But suppose it's sort of hard to separate the two. One of those politically charged songs is All Our Dark Days Tomorrow. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you again next week.
See excess. 